When people talk about debate, the phrases that come to mind for many of us are public speaking, confidence, competitions, maybe the presidential debates, and we think of the debate programs in high schools and universities. But what else is debate good for? Is there another deeper power with debate that goes beyond building confidence in public speaking? Well, Tessa and her co-founder Matt started Debate Spaces, an education nonprofit that uses debate to foster civic engagement and connect middle school Gen Z students from around the world. And since being started by two of the most accomplished debaters in the country, they have built a team of standout debaters and social change makers and offer students world-class public speaking and debate training while helping students apply the skills they're learning to make change in their communities. So Debate Space's mission really extends beyond the traditional goals of debate. And they really emphasize how students can use debate as a toolkit to not just win competitions, but also force themselves to think critically about issues affecting our society. And today, we met with Tessa, co-founder and executive director, and Sigi, program director of Debate Spaces. Now, most of us have probably seen by now that the power of Gen Z doesn't just come from leveraging technology to become aware of information. The power of our generation comes from leveraging technology and our voice to mobilize our generation. So Tessa, Matt, Sigi, and the rest of the team have positioned debate spaces as a tool to mobilize our generation. And as they continue to expand, the debate spaces team continues to ask themselves, how can we use debate to not only make Gen Z students more aware of current events, but also shape their own responses to those events. And with that, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the 501 Hustle. I am your host Vivek, and let's dive right in. And so what we do that I think is, is really unique at Debate Spaces is we are teaching the core fundamentals of debate, but we're emphasizing that these are just tools. We, we like to tell students we're giving them a toolbox and that toolbox could be used for self-advocacy, for empowerment, for advocacy around an issue they're passionate about in their community. It could be used for local advocacy, it could be used for national advocacy, it could be used for international advocacy. How are you, Tessa and Sigi? Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Tessa is a current master in public policy student at the Harvard Kennedy School. I'm studying uh, how we can improve systems to work better for everyday Americans, whether that's education or economic systems. Uh, before coming to the Harvard Kennedy School, uh, I spent a couple years applying the debate skills that I built in college to the public policy world uh, as a researcher at the Institute for Women's Policy Research. And co-founder of Debate Spaces. She won the North American Women and Gender Minorities Debate Championship in 2017 and has taught debate on three continents, including starting the first high school debate team in Bolivia. 
senior year, I won the North American Women's and Gender Minorities Debate Championship held in Vancouver, uh, which was a really exciting cap to four years of, of a whirlwind of debate experience that brought me uh, across the world from the United States to Greece um, to Ghana. Tessa graduated from Bates College in 2017. Was an avid debater at Bates for all four years. Sigi is Debate Spaces Program Director. He's a community organizer, educator, and debater. My community organizing career started uh, when I had the pleasure of founding Brandeis Never Again, a group, a campus group that was advocating for common sense gun control measures in the United States in the, in the wake of the Parkland shooting. Who graduated from Brandeis University in 2019, where he was the president of the Brandeis Academic Debate and Speech Society or as the acronym spells, badass. <laughs> I had the pleasure of being president, the vice president of finance, tournament director, probably other things uh, on badass, the Brandeis Academic Debate and Speech Society. I had the pleasure of being a finalist at the Delft Open, semi-finalist at Brown University's parliamentary debate tournament, being on a team that was coming in the top 10 teams of the year in North America. So y'all both have very accomplished backgrounds when it comes to your involvement in the debate world. Can you touch on some of those achievements and more particularly, like what drew you to debate starting at such a young age? Definitely. I would say I actually came to debate at a little bit of an older age than most people. I think when you're talking about college debate, a lot of the times the people participating debated in high school and, and possibly even debated in middle school. And that was not my experience at all. Um, I grew up in southern New Mexico, attended public school. And though I was always interested in public speaking, mock trial, debate, those sorts of activities, there were, none, none of those were offered at my school. And so by the time I graduated and, and matriculated to Bates College, I was really excited to find some outlet to, that would allow me to improve my public speaking, improve my communication, and, and debate fit that bill perfectly. Um, of course, little did I know that debate would, would come to play such an important role in my life and, and that it would teach me so much more than public speaking um, and communication. I think over my four years as a debater at, at Bates College, I just learned so much from, from the activity. When you say the word debate in the United States, most people immediately picture the presidential debates. And that's actually the opposite of what debate is for me and debate is as an educational activity. It's much more about building communication skills, building critical thinking ability, um, evaluating evidence, and thinking about how to use evidence to strengthen uh, your argument. And then trying to decide what you want to be arguing for. Um, I think a big part of debate for me was getting to explore a range of different topics and to talk about these topics with, with fellow debaters from not only around the U.S., but also around the world. Uh, that was one of the coolest parts of my experience at Bates College, which was we not only attended debate tournaments in the Northeast, Bates is in Maine, 
but also I was able to travel to Oxford and Cambridge in the UK. I went to the World Debate Championship in Greece. I went to the Pan-African Championships in, in Ghana. And so not only did that allow me to, to travel and, and experience all of these different incredible countries, but I think more impactfully, for me at least, I, I got to meet people from, who had totally different life experiences than my own. And that really influenced the way that I started to think about the pressing challenges our generation is facing. I was thinking about climate change, not only in the way that it was going to impact the United States, but also the way that it was going to impact Ghana or European um, countries or or Asian countries. Um, I remember participating in a debate with a team from South Africa and talking about the fees must fall uh, movement in South Africa to lower fees for university students and thinking about how similar that is to current conversations about free college in the the U.S. And so debate really became a tool and a vehicle for me. It was a tool that helped me learn how to advocate for my ideas and beliefs really passionately. And it became a, a vehicle for me to meet other young people who were equally passionate. And so that's Really, what drove me to found debate spaces along with my co-founder Matt was was this idea that we need to bring debate both as as a toolkit and as a vehicle to young students around the world to give them the opportunity that I was able to have at at Bates College because coming you know even my own background, I wasn't able to have those opportunities as a young person and and I know I really would have benefited from them. Like Tessa, debate for me has been a story of connection and empowerment. And like Tessa, I also started debate in college, whereas many folks start in middle school or or high school. Uh, And my debate story starts in my sophomore year of high school with the Model United Nations team. Uh, uh, MUN and debate have historically had... um, uh, you know, like a competition to see which is, which is the, the better activity for folks to participate in. But when I was a sophomore in, in high school, I started going to the Model United Nations Club after school. And within a few weeks, I was asked to do my first assignment as, as part of the group to, to write a position paper as American Samoa on some issue that I can't recall right now. And a week later, went to the to the meeting and got feedback that was really critical of my my position paper and a blow to my confidence. And so I quit that activity and did not continue continue in it. I, I thought about joining the the debate team um, for a while. And when I was visiting colleges, I remember walking on the Brandeis University campus as the tour guide walking backwards exclaimed, we're very proud of our Quidditch team here, and we're very proud of our debate team. And I was like, this is perfect. This is where I want to be. I want to be a badass. And so I committed uh, to Brandeis later that day and would go on to be a leader on the Brandeis debate team uh, throughout my, my college years. And that's where I found my voice and, and like Tessa, so much connection I remember one experience, I mentioned being a finalist at the Delft Open, um, but what I didn't mention is that Delft is in, is in the Netherlands, and so it was an extraordinary privilege to, to bond with a, a close friend of mine, Ravi, as he said, 
said to me, you know, Siki, it doesn't matter if this is a different debate format. You're a great debater. You can you can do this. Um, I normally competed and practiced American parliamentary, and this was British parliamentary that I was much less familiar with. Uh, and we had the great experience of practicing with members of the Universität Leiden debate team, the Leiden University uh, debate team, who are exceptional debaters and who welcomed us to participate in their scrimmages so that we could have more fun, more connection, and better debates uh, later that uh, weekend when we were competing against one another at the Delft Open. Now, ultimately, if I remember correctly, the winners of that tournament and another set of finalists were from Leiden University, and we did not win. But uh, it, I think it speaks to, to what debate can be, just this community-building space where we are engaged in dialogue with people from, from around the world. And, and that's also why I love being a part of debate spaces, because that's exactly what we try to foster in our programs. It's interesting what you just said, Siggy, right? So debate space is focused on building that community with people from around the world. And you mentioned words like empowerment, and then you, Tessa, talked about you know, connecting to people from all over the world and the different continents you've traveled to. So clearly, you both see something very powerful, some deeper power with debate that might that goes deeper than maybe the superficial idea that, oh, it just helps you with your communication and it helps you with your confidence and stuff like that. So, and here in this, you know, the We Are Gen Z community and the people we have on our podcast, we're focused on Gen Z entrepreneurs, but really those who are mission driven. And so I want to read the mission, um, mission statement on your website, because I think it kind of answers that question, which is what is that additional power you see in debate that's allowed you to take this from like a 501 hustle to really your full hustle now. So the mission statement y'all have on your website on debate spaces is we believe that debate is an immensely valuable activity for youth, both in teaching them skills that they can apply to their daily lives and in inspiring them to think critically about issues affecting our society. By engaging in rigorous and meaningful discussion, students not only become more aware of current events, but also shape their own responses to those events. By crafting and developing strategies to make the world a better place, the pedagogical approach of debate carries numerous external benefits. So what I'm reading from here is using debate to really as a vehicle to drive action. And honestly, for me, like, I don't think that connection would have been as intuitive, but now that I make that connection, I can see how powerful it is. Um, and so I wanted you to like, talk a little bit more about that process, which is how do you take debate, use it as a vehicle to provide students the opportunity to like, not only better their communication skills, but also drive their civic engagement. Definitely. Um, you're, you're not the first person to say, really debate and and then to hear a little bit more and say oh okay I, I think i kind of get it that being said i think debate spaces is using debate in a couple of unique ways in ways that are additive to competitive debate um, in ways that are additive to debate that might be happening in in the traditional classroom but the the that the really the core emphasis is we're helping you build this toolkit. And then we're also along the way exposing you to current events, helping you answer questions that you might be curious about, um, and really become better informed citizens because we think even young people, even at the middle school level, uh, you hold a lot of power to be able to enact change. And we want to help students who are excited about that power that they hold within them realize and act on the change that they're passionate about, that they want to see happen in their local communities. 
So the debate spaces curriculum is, is additive. We have about a nine part sequencing curriculum that builds across years and students are, are building skills like how to structure arguments using uh, a claim warrant impact structure or how to parse through what might be credible evidence and what is not credible evidence or how to engage in, in rebuttal. At debate spaces, we like to say it's never a winning argument to flatly deny what, your, what the opposing side says. Rather, the winning strategy in a debate and, and in life is to say, here's what the other side got right. We hear you, and we, we agree that this might be correct, but starting there, here's why what we believe in, why this is still the correct solution, why this is what we should do. And we, so that's really what we're focusing on when we're teaching students how to engage in an effective rebuttal um, and thinking about active listening, how to truly be empathetic and understanding of what the opposite side is saying. And then use that still to say, here's the solution that's going to both be a good fit for that side and a good fit for our side. How do we, how do we come together to collaborate to, to create that solution? And, and, and so I think that, yes, that, that emphasis is maybe a little bit different than, than the traditional competitive emphasis of debate, uh, but we found that students are, are really receptive to it. I think Tessa nicely described how debate can be a vehicle for, for civic engagement and furthering our mission, but I can add a little bit of texture to that. We had a program a couple of months ago and it started off with students guided by our fellows in breakout rooms, getting to know one another and just being silly while they develop their debate skills. As a middle schooler, it can be really off-putting if you arrive at a space with strangers and you're expected to just jump into like high-level discourse about the most pressing social issues in our world. We get to that at the end of the day. Uh, we start with games. And so the game that started off this particular program was pick a superpower. That is your superpower and defend why this is the best superpower to, to have among all of the, the superpowers. And so we play the game and it's fun. And we move on to, to learning about the issue of the day, the debate skills of the day. And we come back to that piece around student superpowers. And I, I said to the group, Okay, so you all picked these, these superpowers earlier in the day. And unfortunately, I can't, I can't give you those superpowers, no matter how hard I, I try. But you do have a real life superpower, and that is your voice. And it was humbling to, to hear what the, the students said next when we asked them to identify a problem in their local community and give a brief speech explaining what they would do about that. It was even more humbling when a couple of when when more recently we held an essay contest and I, I saw that same phrasing. Debate spaces taught me to wield my real life superpower, my my voice. And so I think that nicely captures everything Tessa was was saying about empowerment and civic engagement and, and community uh, and just healthy dialogue rather than destructive uh, debate as what debate can foster. That is incredible, uh, that connection that they made with their with the superpower and their voice, because coming from a middle schooler, like, you know, 
hearing those things when you're in middle school or, or being validated to that degree, like makes a significant impact in your life and what you think is possible with your voice and who you are. Um, so that's really like just heartwarming to hear that that's what's happening with your, with your middle school students. So I, I wanted to talk about that, which is your middle school population, right? So this is not necessarily something you've, you've taken um, to the mass in high school or the university level, but you're focusing on the middle school level. Um, from my understanding, that's because you know, there's more formalized debate programs in high school and college, um, not necessarily in the, in the more middle school youth uh, demographic. But I think it's so important because A, I think it's extremely important, like I just said, to get validated at that age um, and to know the power of your voice. But B, what you were talking about, Tessa, which is, look, here's the, what you got right on the other side. And here's where we're going to continue and how we're going to work together. Um, because, you know, I'll, I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed the same thing, but as of someone who just graduated from the university um, campus, like that's not being done. Like people get really heated and then they do not know how to agree to disagree. They don't know how to acknowledge the other side. The other side automatically becomes inferior ignorant, like whatever word you want to use. Um, and so I think it's unbelievably important that this is taught in middle school. And so I was wondering, like, are you hearing, I don't know, like if, you know, if, if it hasn't been long enough, but are you hearing any students kind of go through your process and as they get older, realize that they're able to take the type of conversations they've learned from debate spaces in the civic engagement world, but apply them to like their personal lives with people they're interacting with day to day? So we haven't been around, around too long. So our students are still pretty young, but we've already seen our students going on to do just truly incredible things. We had one set of students who, after participating in sessions of debate spaces, uh, went on to speak up at their local school board meeting um, because there was a proposed building plan to build a CVS across the street from their school in the green space. And the students felt strongly that the green space should be preserved. And so they spoke up uh, at, that, at that meeting and it, that that proposal ended up not passing. So I think it, it's, it, I mean, that that's an incredibly powerful example. Um, but students are also, you know, they're writing letters to their mayors, to city councilors, to, to people in government, um, to, I, you know, I would imagine that they're bringing it to the dinner table uh, yeah. and their parents and to their friend groups, to their teachers. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm positive that the impact is just massive. You, you discussed this earlier. You briefly mentioned this nine-part curriculum. Um, I was wondering if we could go over a little bit of like what your curriculum looks like. When people think about debate education, I think oftentimes, and, and you mentioned this, Vivek, they think about public speaking skills. How do you best present your ideas? For, in one of the formats that both Tessa and I participated in, in in college and in all of the debate spaces instruction, your, your presentation is far less important than your ideas, how well you're making them, how well you're engaging with other people's ideas and developing intellectually your arguments. Our nine-part curriculum saves delivery, your, your presentation for last, and that is intentional. We build the skills of how to make an argument, how to respond to an argument, how to evaluate evidence, how to come up with arguments, how to, I think I might be able to name all nine, I won't swear to it, how to weigh different arguments, you know, the relative impacts of, of different issues, I think is so cool that, that at a middle school level, our students are thinking about exactly what legislative leaders are, are thinking about when they're designing a bill. 
you know, which, what can we sacrifice and what is most important in a, in a conversation? They're getting to practice that with, with all different debates. And, and moreover, we really encourage uh, extemporaneous speaking in our program. So giving students the opportunity to, yes, have notes, to have developed their ideas, but just start sharing. Because what happens when you start sharing and you're really going off script is you realize, oh, I actually have all of the tools, my superpower, my voice, to be able to communicate my ideas. And I think that's what I'll say about our, our curriculum in terms of the, the debate content. But we're also thinking about uh, civic engagement and, and all of the different issues that we cover speak to what's going on in the world. So when uh, there is a coup in Myanmar, Debate Spaces is, is definitely going to bring in the founder of the Myanmar Legal Representation Project to, to speak to that issue. Or when there is a debate about COVID vaccine passports, of course, we're going to draw upon our networks and bring in uh, a nurse practitioner who's thinking about this issue every day. So that's a little bit more about our debate education curriculum and the wider uh, instruction that we're offering. Now I, I'm understanding that like bringing these speakers is allowing you to obviously bridge that gap between creating an argument, but then actually going and implementing that civic engagement. Can you paint that picture a little bit more in terms of like, I'm part of your community. You know, I, I go through this curriculum, you bring in a speaker, then what's the next step? Do you all formulate like a debate session around what that speaker said? And then how does that kind of go and how many people are in attendance? So we're, in addition to all of the skill building that, that we talked about earlier and, and bringing in, you know, a guest speaker to talk about that day's topic, we have a new topic every session. So in September, we might be talking about immigration. And in October, we might be talking about gun violence. And in November, we might be talking about Islamophobia um, and, and racism. And another day, we might be talking about um, climate change. So we're really covering a, a range of different of different topics. And then uh, we always close each session with a debate about that topic. So that's an opportunity for students to pull in the debate skills they built earlier that session, to pull in like wh what they've just learned from this expert presenter uh, and start to apply all of that and, and think through it. I think one of the strongest reasons we use debate in our curriculum and specifically host debate rounds in our curriculum is that uh, participating in a debate round really makes you start to think about what your position is, what you truly believe, what position you're being asked to represent in the debate, where those clashes might be, what the other side is going to say in the debate, where those clashes might be. Uh, and in the end, you know, when, when we finish the debate rounds and we come to big group reflections with the students, uh, we found that students really understand their own position more strongly after participating in a debate, but also are more empathetic and understanding of, of other sides, whether that was the side they were representing, because one of the things about debate is you, you don't get to pick what side you're on. So you might be asked to defend something you, you don't believe in. And that's something our students are, you know, they might be a little bit uncomfortable with at first, but they come to really respect and understand and, and take immense, immense value from that opportunity. So I think that that's one of the really cool parts of our, of our program um, as well. I'll just add, I love debate. And it's important to name that debate has produced some 
perhaps the best phrasing is objectively awful people in in the world. Uh, and I, I say that as uh, most of the time moral relativist. But the the important thing that I think we get at when we bring in these trainers is have an opinion about these important issues, but also have some intellectual humility and recognize that there are people who've thought about this issue more than you have from whom you can learn. And when you learn from them, your debate debates will be at a higher level level. Your individual contribution to the debate will exist at a higher level. And there's, there are a lot of examples of people who, who are thinking about youth voice and who are drawing upon their experience as debaters. We're doing good things for the world. And so we can, we can start to steer the, the, the experiences of the people building power through this activity to build a better world as opposed to, you know, self-interestedly exploiting the, the problems in the world and, and their newfound ability to defend any side of any issue. And, and I can jump in just to fill in, um, the students that we're serving and, and who, and who's participating in debate spaces, um, we're always excited to bring new students in the door. So I'll just echo that. If there's any middle schoolers listening, we'd love to bring you into the de debate spaces community. But our program follows a school year. So we run from September through May. And we usually have 30 to 40 students um, per cohort per session. Uh, we had about 200 students registered for debate spaces this past year oh. um, from over 20 countries, I think 22 countries and, and counting. And we're really excited to, to grow, grow debate spaces, both in the number of students we're serving uh, and the number of countries we're reaching. I'll jump in here to, to further add, to, to brag a little bit about what Matt, Tessa, and, and now myself have, have done. It was less than a year ago that we decided to be a program bringing people together from uh, across the world. So Matt and Tessa were hosting the Debate Spaces Academy in person in the greater Boston area. And Boston is an extraordinarily uh, divided city across uh, socioeconomic and racial lines. And so it's incredible work. But now we've been able to reach students from upwards of, of 20 countries and to do so in only one year. So imagine if we can, what we can do in the, in the year ahead. Yeah, well, that's actually a perfect segue into the question I was going to ask you, which is like, so obviously, like we said, there's more formalized debate programs in high school, college. So middle school makes total sense. But in terms of like lacking with civic engagement, that runs the spectrum from like, young adults, like 25, right? Right. I mean, especially when we're talking about voting um, or just being involved with local politics, even knowing what's going on in your city. So I was wondering, like, with your mission being around civic engagement, not solely just the other more intuitive stuff with debate, is there a plan to like figure out how to take, bridge the gap between the debate programs at high school and the government classes in, in high school? We're definitely focused at the middle school level for now. Um, and we think there's you know, so much work to be done at the middle school level, both in terms of increasing access to 
debate like debate types of debate programming to middle school students, but also because, you know, civic engagement, if we can start as early as middle school students and build that foundation, then we hope and, and believe that debate spaces students are going to walk into their high schools and push their government teacher to, to have that conversation, to bring debate into the classroom, to bring debate to their college campuses around civic engagement, to be trying to signal to their friends, this is, these are the issues that are impacting our generation. Here's what I think about it. What do you think about it? And then what are we going to do about it? And so we, we hope that already, even though we're just focused at the middle school level, that, that our impact is drifting into high school and, and college. I'll also say we're always looking for other young people to, to get involved with debate spaces. Um, we have a couple of high school students who uh, are helping us staff and and teach our programs we have a lot of college students who uh, are also are also pitching in helping out um, as as formal fellows and so we definitely want to include young people who are a little bit older than the middle school level um, in our program to really grow the debate spaces community um, a little bit less formally um, but but that being said you know I think you're definitely right there's there's so much work to be done in this space and uh, I think hopefully in the future debate spaces, could be something that would expand to be both in, in high schools and, and maybe even on college campuses. This is, this is, this is so cool because this, like you said, the, the growth potential here is so fascinating and all the different angles that you could go down um, and really fostering that community and, and focusing on empowerment. Uh, but as you do this, right, as you get bigger and you need more volunteers, you need more hires. And so I'm always interested from like the entrepreneurship side of things, like how are you being funded? How are you financing this stuff? What is your like financial status? How are you so focused on a mission-driven initiative, but then able to like be able to finance the ma- rapid growth of that? Yeah, it, it's so hard. Uh, if I could change one thing about entrepreneurship, especially for young people, it would be the way that, that funding works, whether that's venture capital, whether that's philanthropy. It's not built to support organizations that are founded by young people who don't have billion dollar networks yet because we're 25. (laughs) Uh, That being said, Debate Spaces is a 501c3. So we have nonprofit status here in the United States. That was really important to us as a mission-driven organization. We wanted to be clear that we were not doing this work because we wanted to profit from it. Um, That that was, you know, day one, what my co-founder Matt and I decided um, what was best for the organization and was best for really being able to truly deliver a quality product that that was in line with our mission. That being said, being 501c3 means we do have to do uh, a lot of a lot of fundraising. So we've been as as graduate students at at Harvard University, we've been really fortunate and able to tap into a lot of funding through the Harvard Innovation Labs, which is an awesome startup community where they really work hard to bring opportunities to to young entrepreneurs and young founders. And so, um, you know, using both some individual donations and the Harvard community, we were able to raise our first you know, 40 to 50 K. Um, and that was really exciting and big for debate spaces. Uh, and now we're, now we're starting to get a little bit too big for the Harvard community. Um, we're outgrowing it a little bit. And so we're starting to turn to 
you know, other forms of fundraising. So we'll actually be hosting our first uh, of what will hopefully become a yearly fundraiser on June 17th, where we're hoping to bring together a community of people, both young people and and maybe their family members who are a little bit older, um, but who are really passionate about bringing civic engagement and empowerment to young people um, to help us try and fund you know, the next couple years of, of debate spaces. And we're, of course, always talking to family foundations and, and larger foundations um, whose missions might align with debate spaces um, in hopes that they also will be interested in funding us. I think Tessa covered so much there. I'll just add that we do charge a nominal registration fee to our, our students. So that might be five US dollars, 20 US dollars, uh, for for a given session, but we make very clear that everyone is welcome to participate in our program, regardless of their ability to pay. And that's very intentional because debate can be such an exclusive, exclusionary activity where those with means get to benefit from all of the things we've been talking about in this conversation. But those registration fees, in all honesty, are a drop in the bucket. And we really do rely on individual giving and people's passion for, for what we're talking about. And so I'll just echo what Tessa was saying. If, if you're interested in learning more about debate spaces and seeing some of those student voices, volunteer voices being uplifted uh, and celebrated, you can join us on June 17th, 8 p.m. Eastern standard time. We'd love to have you and we'd love to continue to to grow this out both with, you know, any donations of money you can make, but donations of, of time as well. I sometimes like to quip that community organizing is just weaving capacity out of thin air. And what I mean by that is when people come together, uh, they are stronger than the sum of their individual means. And so when you get involved, you can be sure that we are going to make big asks of you. And that's because we believe in the potential of, of the people who choose to jump into the debate spaces family. So that is actually, again, a perfect segue into the next question, which is how can our community, um, you mentioned the fundraiser, you mentioned high schoolers can now get involved with with helping out and volunteers, but what are the different ways that our community uh, can get involved, whether that's working for the team, whether that's, um, you know, coming in, if they're a middle schooler and joining the program, donating on your website, what are all the different ways our community can get involved? First, I'd say just please visit our website. It's debatespaces.org. And we have a tab up there that says, get involved. We're always looking for people who are excited about our mission to, to be volunteers. Um, there are opportunities to potentially be paid staff, especially if you're a high school student or a college debater. And so definitely encourage you to reach out if, you know, no matter where you are, if you say this resonates with me, this sounds like something I could get really excited about or that I have questions about, um, please feel free to, to use the contact button at the bottom of, of our webpage. Um, we love to connect with, with people who are potentially interested in getting involved or learning more. And of course, you can always, always donate. Our donate button is up there on, on the website as well. I will add that if, if you're interested in getting involved, just do it. 
uh, YOLO, you only live once, get connected, make your voice heard, and whatever you can contribute is so greatly appreciated. If it's a $5 a month recurring donation, if it's an email connection with your parent who's a teacher, if it is a like or follow on our social media, it, it's, it all adds up. So we'll just, just reiterate, get connected and, and make your voice heard. We'd love to have you. Um, and uh, we have our pre-registration up on our webpage for our fall and spring programming. So if you're a middle school student and sounds like debate spaces is something you might want to do next year, uh, please fill out that form and we will get in touch with more information. Wonderful. Well, we are very excited to see y'all grow and how you're going to continue to empower people, make them realize the superpower of their voice, become engaged in their communities. And really just from like what I'm excited about is to see how you bring unity rather than division to all these conversations going on in America right now. Because as you know, like when there's two sides, there's always the potential for division. Um, and I think that's, you know, what we're talking about in this country, the polarization, all that. But when there's also two sides, there's also the potential for compromise or unity and coming together. And so, you know, we do that when we have leaders like you who teach how to have discussions with respect and integrity. So we are very excited to see how you take your mission forward and help bring this country, starting with the youth, together. So with that, thank you all so much for being here and everyone listening. Um, this was one of my favorite podcasts. These guys are awesome. Um, you totally need to reach out, like middle school or not, like Jeff D, check their website out and stuff. The way that they teach their curriculum um, applies to everybody. So, so definitely, definitely visit their website. And, and thank you, everyone, for joining in. Um, we will catch you all next week. Great. Thanks so much, everyone. Thank you so much.